On this edition of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast, there's a new game in town. I mean, the province. The West Coast League is moving in with the Edmonton Riverhawks. Welcome to episode 106 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. It was back on episode 93 when we tried to get to the bottom of the situation around Remax Field in Edmonton. We had both prospects owner Pat Cassidy and Baseball Edmonton Inc. Managing Director Dr. Randy Gregg after the latter signed a 10-year lease with the city. It left the prospects homeless, but not for long as they released plans to move to Spruce Grove for 2022. But there was a cloud of uncertainty around what Gregg's group had in mind. Then came Tuesday with the announcement that the West Coast League was coming to the province for the first time with the new Edmonton Riverhawks. We thought we'd do things a little differently on the podcast this week and do a deep dive on what this all means for the Capital region and more with our own Ian Wilson. Welcome back, my friend. Thanks for welcoming me. Hey, it has been kind of like drinking out of a fire hose lately for us, hasn't it? There's been a boatload of news and probably I'll I'll say the bow on top of everything lately is, I mean, we go back a couple months ago, three months ago, where we had this question lingering. The, The lease was signed with Edmonton and this new group. Nobody knew what was going on. We finally have a little bit of a game plan now going forward with what's going to be happening at REMAX. Yeah, we've got some answers now uh, with the REMAX field situation and uh, some some resolution. Uh, Edmonton Riverhawks announcing they're uh, joining the uh, or they'll they'll be playing out of that ballpark. They're the the fifteenth uh, team and latest expansion team in the West Coast League, which is uh, another summer collegiate uh, wood bat league. Uh, and in many ways, very similar to the uh, Western Canadian Baseball League. So a little bit uh, of buzz and excitement uh, there. And uh, from from the point of view of Remax Field, kind of uh, nice to at least know what uh, what the deal is and what's what's happening there and and what the plan is uh, moving forward. Because uh, that that group led by uh, Dr. Randy Gregg has uh, has a ten year lease with uh, with the city for for Remax Field. And I know that there's been a lot of back and forth and he said, she said over it, but it feels to me like there's a real appetite out there for there to be kind of water under the bridge, so to speak, and to just kind of let this thing go. Because uh, whether or not we like it or not, there is obviously a souring of the relationship between the city of Edmonton, Edmonton City Council and the prospects group. And whether we like it or not, that's the way it ended where uh, the lease was given to the Greg group and the prospects decided, okay, well, we got to go with plan B, which happens to be Spruce Grove. We're going to build our own facility out there, et cetera, et cetera. It's got to be kind of nice for everybody to be able to kind of turn the page in a, in a sense and be able to start with a fresh slate. Yeah, I, I think uh, that's one of the positives is that ho- hopefully all the groups uh, from from the Riverhawks to WCL to WCBL and Edmonton Prospects can just uh, look to the, the future and focus on what they're going to bring bring to the table now and uh, what their plans now um are now uh, Edmonton Riverhawks have talked about some some upgrades at the ballpark, which is which would be a nice thing to see. So, you know, uh, improvement of the infield and new scoreboard and uh, working on the lighting there. So that would be a positive development, uh, keeping that that uh, baseball uh, diamond relevant. It uh, mm-hmm. obviously it uh, we want to see that continue to 
to exist and, and not only exist, but to uh, have baseball there. So that'd be a good thing to do. And, and for, if you're the prospects uh, looking ahead to, to Spruce Grove and a, a new stadium, uh, that's, that's a pretty nice uh, plan, plan B, right. Uh, to be able to look at that and build something new and, is is extremely exciting and and hopefully great for the community of Spruce Grove and and for the league just to 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 see that come to fruition. We've seen obviously Okotoks has had great success um, moving out of a bigger center and uh, into a neighboring uh, community and and just uh, hopefully that's the model that uh, that they're looking at and hopefully that that works for the prospects as well. Well, and I think from our standpoint, as we look at it from the, the wider scope, and we make no bones about this, and we actually in the last couple of weeks here announced that we had entered a partnership with the Western Canadian Baseball League. And uh, it was one of those situations where I know a lot of people might be going, oh, you have a vested interest. Well, we actually have a vested interest in the success of baseball, period, in this province. And if there's another player coming to the table, such as the West Coast League, hey, we're all for it because that just means the growth of the game across the board. And so all of a sudden now, in in my sights anyways, is we're looking at uh, possibly Edmonton succeeding with the West Coast League and Spruce Grove surrounding area uh, succeeding with the Western Canadian Baseball League. And and to me, and maybe you want to elaborate a little bit more on this, Ian, is that's win-win for baseball in this province. Well, that's, that's the hope. Uh, <laughs> that mm. is, uh, I think... That's the optimistic view: is that both can can not only just coexist, uh, but that the both entities can can thrive uh, in each other's you know uh, backyards. So I think um, I think the West Coast League has got its work cut out for it. To be quite honest, um, there's uh, they've they've presented themselves as a um, you know, a, a team that is going to show off uh, maybe some players that are, are more likely to be uh, future MLBers, um, which certainly they're, you know, at the last draft, uh, I believe they had 90, uh, 90 players from that league uh, who were drafted into the MLB. So that, that may be the case. Um, but there's all kinds of logistical um, uh, questions around uh, the the Riverhawks and 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 making that work. They are, <clears throat> I believe, it's a nine or nine and a half hour drive to their nearest uh, competitor. Um, they have already talked about um, uh, covering some of the travel costs for opposing teams. Uh, the entry fee into that league, I believe, is uh, anywhere from three hundred to five hundred thousand dollars U.S. just to get into the the league. So. We're talking a lot of expenses right off the off the bat, so to speak, and uh, you know I just and also most of the the league is in in the U.S. So even even if you take away the fact that the U.S. border is currently closed uh, and the whole COVID situation, mm-hmm. the pandemic, and the uncertainty that that brings for any league, um, if you take that away, there's still a lot of logistical situations that have been. Uh, common to Edmonton throughout its history, whether it was with the the Trappers or the Cracker Cats or the Capitals, just uh, in terms of, of travel and being such a far outpost in whatever league they're in. So they're they're going to have some some work to do to to get to it to a good place. Um, so we'll, we'll see. 
You mentioned the drive. I also point to back in the 2001 through 2005 era, which is known as the death of affiliated baseball in Alberta, where you saw the Medicine Hat Blue Jays leave, the Edmonton Trappers leave, and the Calgary Cannons all leave in the stretch of two or three years. The biggest issue facing all three of those organizations, according to many that I spoke that I've spoken to over the years, was the Canadian dollar. The value of the Canadian dollar went down versus versus its American counterpart at that time. And so a lot of those Canadian franchises were paying for things like supplies in American funds, and that's an automatic disadvantage. And so that's going to be one of the challenges I can foresee if the Canadian dollar does go ahead and tank at some point in the next few years here. And it'd be a challenge not just for the Edmonton franchise, but there's also a, the, the WCL has announced a, a few new franchises over the last few weeks. I know Kamloops is another one. Um, there's going to be some some challenges that lie ahead for sure. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's an interesting move. I mean, it's pardon the pun. It's a hawkish move, I think, too, because you've got basically the West Coast League uh, has been a neighboring league of the WCBL for well since 2005, mm-hmm. uh, and they've kind of been uh, been neighbors and been alongside each other and uh, kind of stayed each, out of each other's turf for for some time. So. This is an aggressive move, and uh, the WCBL has, has called it a hostile move, which uh, it may or may not be. But um, it's certainly they're definitely getting getting right into the grill of uh, of, of that league, and uh, you know, and, and I think too, you know, a lot of people. You mentioned the the minor league teams. You know, in many ways, baseball fans in Alberta have kind of been chasing the ghost of of those teams for for so long now where they you you talk about uh what is happening whether it's the ccbc or the wcbl or other forms of baseball senior men's baseball and then people just yeah i wish we had the cannons Mm -hmm. back or the trappers back and you know that's that's a nice sentiment i guess but they're not coming back you know those are that ship has sailed it was fun it was great that it lasted we were um, very fortunate to have that caliber of baseball here but even you know, even the last two or three years, we've seen the landscape of minor league baseball shift in major ways. So we, not only where it's you know harder to bring AAA baseball back, but even these single A uh, teams, they're just they're just going going the way of the dodo. So it's that is not realistic to expect that to come back. And if anything, you might see more products like the the summer collegiate model, um, you know. Uh, flourish in in other parts of North America. So, uh, just stop dreaming about that. Enjoy that it happened, uh, and and then after that, you want to ask yourself what uh, what kind of baseball product do you want to see? And I I honestly think uh, 100% it's more realistic to expect Calgary or Edmonton for that matter to get a Major League Baseball team than it is for the return of AAA baseball here. Uh, you know that may sound ludicrous, but that's how I feel about it. I just don't think you're you're going to get that back. And then you look at uh, you know so what your options are now in Edmonton, and it comes down to WCL or uh, you know WCBL in the in the area as well. And we'll we'll see what fans decide is is kind of the product that they want to see and what what they gravitate towards. 
You can follow Ian on all the social media platforms at Buzzkill Wilson. I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) But, I mean, you're not wrong by any stretch of the imagination, and all you need to do is, again, look at what Major League Baseball has made decisions on, even pre-COVID, is a reduction in the number of teams, and especially the further north you go, because now, all of a sudden, we are a significant drive away from... Uh, from affiliated ball period because Helena, Great Falls, those the Idaho Falls, the teams that existed even with the Trappers and Cannons have slowly disappeared and headed further south towards I, I think Colorado Springs was one of the team one of the the communities that one of the Montana teams went to and so that'll be an interesting dynamic come someday down the line is whether the West Coast League expands into say a Montana because now they don't have a, a team uh, an affiliated team to to rally behind so there are those aspects to it and I agree with you as well is that the the Alberta baseball fan is going to have to and I think has for the most part especially in the communities where it's established with the Western Canadian Baseball League is dove head first whether it's Okotoks whether it's Medicine Hat whether it's Lethbridge Fort McMurray has certainly seen a groundswell in activity around baseball of course uh, the Edmonton area whether it's uh, Spruce Grove or St. Albert or Sherwood Park that whole area has been baseball crazy forever and so the more the merrier in that front. But at the same time, you do have that establishment known as the WCBL. And there's so many different things that I think are so uniquely Canadian about them. And you and I were talking uh, yesterday about this very notion about this organization that uh, continues to build, continues to expand. You've got Sylvan Lake coming on. You've got expansions going on across uh, each of the different facilities. I mean, there's some investment happening here. Yeah, and I don't think, like, I mean, I, as as... Some, as much as some may view the the Riverhawks as, and the the WCL as a as a threat to the WCBL, uh, and, and it may be, but I also don't think the WCBL is is going away anytime soon. I don't think there's um, you know a long term threat to what the WCBL is is doing and has been able to do. Uh, you know, Okotoks is a, is an obvious example of a, a team that was was chased by independent ball uh, out of Calgary. And uh, what did they do? They went to Okotoks and they built something really quite magnificent, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, perhaps the best uh, stadium in, in, in Western Canada. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and based on that, like I said, we were talking about the Spruce Grove earlier. That's, that's kind of a model, right? Have this, uh, this nice stadium and, and the fact that they're building stadiums says a lot to me. The mm-hmm. fact that you can look at Sylvan Lake, new stadium going up there. Uh, you can look Spruce Grove, new stadium going up there. Spit Stadium, not so long ago, had uh, significant renovations done. Siemens Stadium, uh, this uh, last summer, just had significant renovations done uh, and expansion. So the fact that it's not just come watch these ball teams play and it's bricks and mortar and it's these things that are an, an advantage to um, to people in the area that that speaks uh, very highly to me that that, that development uh, and construction is going on. And beyond that is it's not just the like the Okotoks ha, uh, dogs have dogs academy is sort of a, I'll call it a feeder academy but you have box all down by Lethbridge that could help out both Lethbridge and Medicine Hat and Brooks for that matter um, you're starting to see these these different academies start to pop up and and start to kind of 
feed off of that model. And and I think that's going to be good news, not just for uh, the development of Canadian baseball players, but also the development of the Canadian Western Canadian baseball game. And I think that that's going to be one of the maybe the challenges that um, maybe the WCL does face when it does enter Edmonton is that it doesn't have some of those natural rivalries that play into when you have uh, Lethbridge and Medicine Hat or you have Oak Tokes and it was Edmonton but Spruce Grove or Spruce Grove and Sylvan Lake or Fort McMurray gets involved I mean there's there's little rivalries that are starting to beam up and and as we mentioned earlier WCL and Edmonton all of a sudden the closest rival is going to be nine hours away you kind of hit the nail on the head with the rivalry aspect is it's you know it doesn't matter what is being played you could play table tennis or uh, checkers between someone from Medicine Hat and someone from Lethbridge, and they're not going to like each other, mm-hmm. right? Like there is that is a rivalry that is that is tried and true and and a natural rivalry. So, uh, you know, are we going to see with the Edmonton River Hawks, you know, are they going to be rivals of the Bend Elks? You know, I, mm-hmm. I don't like I don't know. I'm not you know I'm and I'm not trying to be overly negative. I just I think there's just so many question marks and so many unknowns that. You're really going to need to wait to see the constitution of the the, the roster, uh, the coaching staff, and things like that before you have an idea of what what you're going to get out of uh, out of this team and whether or not they're going to be able to uh, develop these these compelling rivalries. And you know, of course, part of the game too. You know, even if uh, you've got a situation where the the new summer collegiate uh, league in the WCL is does have a higher caliber of player, uh, which remains to be seen because we've seen crossover between the two as well. Um, even if it does, is it going to, are you going to connect with that? And that's mm-hmm. where the academies come in is if you're in Okotoks and you know, a kid who's come up through the Academy, there's that local connection that you have to that, that player. And you see that time and time again, whether it's PBA or Vauxhall with the playing on the medicine at Mavericks and Lethbridge, Bulls or, or Dogs uh, Academy going to the summer summer collegiate team. So <clears throat> those are benefits that, that that league has that will be interesting to see how how if we can if we can see that uh, in in this this new league. So I'll be very curious. Obviously, there's going to be intrigue, and I definitely want to go go see. Mm-hmm what the river Hawks have to have to offer, but uh, there is a lot of skepticism and an unknown at this point. So uh, that, that is one of those areas that, uh, that you wonder about. And then on top of that too, I mean, the casual fan, do they even really care about who's, who's playing, mm-hmm. <laughs> who's playing? I mean that, uh, you know, I mean that for almost any league, you know, some, a lot of what you're providing isn't just, I'm here to see, you know, Matt Lloyd play or, uh, you know, uh, Landon Barassa pitch, you know, you you might just be there because the ballpark's nice. It's, you know, you want a cold beer, you want some spits, what have you. You just want the setting. So mm-hmm. that's the other that's the other part of the equation that, uh, that the Riverhawks will, will be looking to provide and enhance is, is a good um, fan experience. So that is as important, if not more important than, than, you know, who is, who is taking the field is just seeing what they provide in terms of entertainment value. And that is certainly something that's on their radar. They've already alluded to some of the upgrades that they're expand, uh, that they plan on for Remax field, which means that, Hey, that at least they're going to be investing in that field and they're not just going to leave it to uh, the dust mites, et cetera, et cetera. 
That's right. Yeah, and, and I think one of the other aspects that we uh, we should talk about too is uh, one of the major differences with the WCBL is um, uh, senior players, graduating mm-hmm. seniors, are eligible to play in the uh, the WCBL. They are not, uh, to my knowledge, uh, eligible to play in the West Coast League. So what does that mean? That that to me. I mean, I, I, I've watched a lot of WCBL over the last couple of years. I've shot a lot of photos at the games. You know, I like to haul my camera down there. Mm-hmm. And you do tend to notice uh, some of the much better players in that league. Not always. You get some great players of, of who are freshmen and juniors. Uh, but the senior players, the graduating ones, there is something special about watching them take the field, knowing that this is it. This mm-hmm. is my last summer, potentially. It's, so there's two things. One, I this is my last. I'm counting down the at bats, counting down the innings, counting down the pitches to my last competitive action. Uh, and then the other element is maybe someone will see me, mm-hmm. maybe a scout will see me, maybe I can tear this league up for one glorious summer. And you know, we saw that with the uh, uh, Riley McDonald and, and Brooks setting the the home run record and getting uh, landing a pro contract in, in Quebec. So. You know that's kind of one of the other dream elements of of seniors and uh, and watching them play and you know also throwing the pitch counts out the windows for some of those senior pitchers. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like going to be like, yeah, I'm going to pitch ten in- innings today. You can't drag me off this field. I don't care if my arm <laughs> never works again. <laughs> you know, obviously, I'm going to extreme. We don't want anyone to get injured or no. things like that. But there is that element to it that is compelling. I will say at the very least. So. Um, yeah, again, I'm very curious to see the the, the composition of these uh, of, of the new new team and and the visiting teams as well. What they they kind of look like. Well, and I think there's one other aspect to it, and I think you hit the nail on the head. And it comes down to fan experience. And I think that this is going to be something that that's obviously my forte is being you know the the game day host for the Stampeders and Hitmen. But I've thought a lot about it, especially in a post COVID world. Is how do you attract fans back into the stands? And beyond that is uh, when you have, a, I'll call it a junior level, but when you have the professional level, you, it's easy to kind of bank off of that marketing prowess of the professional athletes, whereas you don't necessarily have that with the junior ranks because there's so much turnover. Even in junior hockey, you've got a turnover every three years or so. Um, in in ju- college baseball, it's the same kind of thing. You can't really key off of, hey, this is going to be uh, the next Mike Trout. You're not going to have that. And so how do you bring those fans back in? And that's going to be the challenge, not just for the West Coast League, but for the Western Canadian Baseball League as well. How do you attract uh, not just the fans to come out, but also to uh, convince them that, hey, your dollars and cents that are spent on entertainment, and I use that term broadly because I think uh, sports is going to be in the same realm as, say, going out to the movies with the family, is the same as going to be going out to mini golf or whatever the case may be. Uh, how are you going to attract them so that they feel like they got their money's worth at the end of each game? And so how do you do that mm-hmm. is going to be a multi-million dollar question for not just these two baseball leagues, but for every sport heading into 2021 and beyond. Yeah, and that's you raise a good point. I mean, the, the WCL and the w, WCBL are not just in direct competition with each other in this case. You're in competition with Netflix mm-hmm. and you know going to a patio uh, at a pub on on a certain night and all these other options that people have and and 
certainly, you know, I'm not sure what the stats are or anything like that, but it, it feels like a lot of times people are just happy to, to veg out on their couch and not leave their house. So how are you going to coax people out and, and get them uh, down to your event, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's baseball or anything else? So we have some resolution when it comes to Remax Field, but the last question I have for you, Ian, is uh, what are your final thoughts on what has transpired over the last couple of months here when it comes to Edmonton, when it comes to uh, the Western Canadian Baseball League, because they've obviously made a few announcements in the last uh, little while as well, and then this week's news around the West Coast League. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm disappointed that there was some, some sour vibes there for, for quite a while uh, between both the new, the incoming team and the, uh, the outgoing prospects in the city. And, uh, you, you just never really want to see things develop and unfold that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, you know, it's, a, that's just unfortunate that that's how that's been. Again, my long-term hope is that, uh, you know, whatever moves kind of come to this province, uh, and including this, this latest development, is that it'll be a net positive for baseball, not only in the Edmonton area, but also in all of Alberta. So I'm just, I'm hopeful that that, that is the case. You know, there is, you know, with, with some com- uh, competing league in Alberta, uh, this is a, a, a signal to the WCBL as well to, hey, we, we have some, some competition here. We need to put our best foot forward. Uh, if we weren't already, and uh, make sure we're we're providing the best uh, the best teams, the best coaching, the best experience uh, available. So I hope that's it's it's something that elevates uh, their game as much as they can. And my, I guess the, the flip side of that, the fear is that, uh, as I mentioned earlier, that uh, these leagues leagues kind of cannibalize each other. We mm-hmm. we see another uh, you know Vipers, Cracker Cats. Hey, we're here for five six years. Uh, we've uh, hurt your team and now we're gone, yeah. <laughs> you know? So I really, I really hope that's not what we're seeing. And I hope, uh, I hope it's just something that gets more eyeballs on, on baseball and, and more people attracted to the game and into the game and, uh, uh, and just a net benefit for, for the sport. And that's why, you know, if I've sounded a little bit uh, negative or, or, or critical, uh, I think it's just because there are so many unknowns and so many question mm-hmm. marks. And it's, you know, we've seen other leagues come in, whether it was the Canadian Baseball League or, or the Golden League and Northern League. And yes, you have a press conference and people say really nice things and exciting things. And that's, that's awesome. But... You know, mm-hmm. now you got to prove it. Now you got to. Now we got to see it. We got to see it on the field, and uh, you know, hopefully that's the case, and hopefully that's not to the detriment of uh, of other teams that have worked really hard to to keep the sport alive in that area and and um, and grow it. And uh, you know, we should. Uh, I think people too should uh, give give some thanks to for what the prospects have achieved in just keeping baseball at that level relevant in that market, whether you like it or don't like it. Um, it's been, it's been an opportunity to go to Remax field and watch games that uh, you likewise or otherwise wouldn't, wouldn't have. So, so I think they are to be commended for, for keeping that, that going for as long as they have. 
Couldn't agree more, especially when you consider how many lengthy playoff runs they went on and some of the rivalries they built over the years, whether it be with Swift Current in finals or whether it be with Okotoks in, in uh, division semifinals. It always seemed to be uh, a summer to remember at REMAX Field. And I kind of want to echo a, a point that you made as well there is, and not sound too kumbaya-ish, but it was. Uh, I'm glad that we didn't see a total airing of the dirty laundry that seemed to be going on behind the scenes, although what it seemed to do, unfortunately, was kind of... Sp- a few more of those rumors and that kind of thing that popped up about the relationship that had soured between the city and the prospects group or whatever happened behind closed doors. Nobody knows outside of those two groups. And uh, to me, I think it was good that it didn't get out uh, aired in the public because you don't need that. And like I said, I, I think that this is a uh, a, a chance for everybody to kind of walk away with a fresh slate and, and maybe do something a little different. And hopefully uh, they can put all the past behind them and move on to bigger and better things. So uh, on that note, we're going to put an end to uh, our chat here with Ian. Thanks so much for joining us here on the, on the program as always. Thanks again for having me, Joe. And uh, yeah, enjoy the fall ball now, I guess. Yes, indeed. Although the way we've been going, we'll have some more news to dissect on next week's episode. Thanks to Ian for stopping by, and thanks to all of you for downloading and listening. We'd love to know what you think about this week's news. Drop us a note on any of our social media platforms, and let us know if you're excited to see a new brand of baseball in Edmonton, or if you'll be following the prospects to Spruce Grove. And before we go, just wanted to tip our caps to the Calgary Diamondbacks of the Foothills Major Baseball Association, the 2020 champions after knocking off the Calgary White Sox. Ian was at that final game and shared some pictures and video on our social media so make sure to check those out as well until next time thanks for all of your support no matter the platform of alberta dugout stories